السلام علیکم و رحمۃ اللہ وبرکاتہ نحمد بعد فعود بلّہ من الشیطان الرجیم بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم ربشرحلی صدری و سرلی عمری وحل العقدم السانی یفقہ قولی ربنا زدنا علما اللهم صلی وسلم على نبينا محمد Before we continue the previous hadith that we learned about the story in which the sahaba and the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam they all missed their salatul fajr and over there we learned that they all left that place and they went elsewhere when the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam woke up he told the people it's okay irtahilu continue on your journey and then when they stopped then they prayed over there this should not be misunderstood you know when he wakes up and he realizes that he has missed his prayer that he delays the salah there has to be a genuine reason the reason why the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam told the companions to leave that place was because shaitan had been victorious over there it was a place where ghafla had overcome them and the people were panicking so he wanted to almost distract them from that so that when they would pray they could actually focus on their prayer and shaitan you know the place where they were defeated by shaitan they're not there anymore because in a hadith we learn anas bin malik radhiyallahu anhu he said that the messenger of allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said if one of you sleeps and misses a prayer or forgets it then let him pray it as soon as he remembers because allah says wa aqimi salata li dhikri establish the prayer perform the prayer at my remembrance one of the meanings of that verse is that when you remember then you pray so when you wake up then you pray it doesn't mean that you say okay i've missed the salah so let me just sleep another 2 3 hours and when i wake up then i will pray no the moment you realize that you have missed the salah you have to make the effort towards performing the salah because from the moment you realize you remember you wake up from that point onwards you are accountable so you cannot delay you are responsible because if a person were to let's say die in that sleep then it's not his fault but if he wakes up he has the time the ability to pray but he delays and then he dies before he is able to pray then he is definitely guilty so remind yourself of death at such a moment deliberately missing salah deliberately missing salah is something that's not acceptable that's not even something that's an option deliberately missing the prayer the thing is that again if we have a flight to catch if we have work to go to if we have children to send to school then we will wake up no matter how early it is so we wake up we'll do whatever we have to do and then whenever we get a chance we will nap so why not the same attitude with fajr keep reminding them باب اذا خاف الجنب على نفسه المرض او الموت او خاف العطش تيمم when a junub person a person who is in the state of janaba he khafa he fears ala nafsihi for himself al marad sickness he fears that if he will perform ghusl then he will become sick او الموت or death that if he performs ghusl he will die او خاف العطش or he fears thirst then in these situations what will he do he will do tayammum So three situations are mentioned here which allow a person to do tayammum even when water is available. What are those situations? First of all, fear of sickness. Whether that sickness is severe or not severe. Whether it is the beginning of sickness meaning he fears that he will become sick or he fears that his sickness will get aggravated. Both are alike. Because if you think about it having a cold it appears to be very small. but it can really drain a person of his energy it can cause a person to have fever it can cause him to have severe body ache so if you look at it apparently it seems like very slight illness but every illness is something that is difficult for a person to bear so if a person fears that he will take a bath and as a result he will become sick or his sickness will get aggravated it will get severe or it will get prolonged then in that case even though he has water what will he do he will do tayammum the second situation is fear of death that he fears that if he will do ghusl then he will die why because he may be sick he may have this fear that his sickness will become severely aggravated and the use of cold water or the use of water will lead him to his death and third situation is fear of thirst fear of thirst because in ghusl what do you have to do you have to wash your body and for that you need more water than you need for wudu and if you have very limited amount of water and you feel that if you will use it for ghusl you won't have any water left then what will you drink what will you drink and if you don't get to drink then you will be thirsty 
and that can lead to severe dire consequences so in this situation even though a person may have water available but because it is harmful for him to use that water for ghusl then what will he do he will do tayammum wa yudhkaru anna amr ibn al-asi and it has been mentioned that amr ibn al-as radhiyallahu anhu ajnaba he became junub fi laylatin baridatin in a cold night so what did he do fatayammama so he performed tayammum on what basis watala and he recited the verse wala taqtulu anfusakum do not kill yourselves inna allah kana bikum rahima indeed allah is ever merciful with you فَذَكَرَ لِلنَّبِيِّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ And he mentioned this to the Prophet صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ فَلَمْ يُعَنِّفْ And he did not object. Meaning he did not object to this action of his, he approved of it. In this hadith we see that Umar ibn al-As رضي الله عنه, he said that I experienced a wet dream on a cold night during the campaign of Dhat al-Salasil. And I was afraid that if I did ghusl I would die. So I did tayammum. And then I prayed fajr with my companions. And they mentioned this to the Prophet ﷺ. And he asked, O oh, Amr, did you lead your companions in prayer when you were junub? I told him what had kept me from doing ghusl, and I said, I heard Allah says, وَلَا تَقْتُلُوا أَنفُسَكُمْ إِنَّ اللَّهَ كَانَ بِكُمْ رَحِيمًا So the Messenger of Allah ﷺ smiled, and he did not say anything. And what does this mean that he? Approved of it. This is silent approval. It means our deen is very practical, very simple, very caring also. Because we are created for the worship of Allah and worship of Allah should be in every condition whether you are sick or you are uh, tired or anything but change is according to the situation. There are so many rukhsas and taking rukhsa is not bad when it is needed because when we take rukhsa we always feel guilty and shaitan makes it so bad that for example if you are in this similar situation and if you do tayammum What will you feel afterwards? Should I pray again yes. when I am fine? That we have this doubt whether our salah was accepted or accepted not. Accepted or, or not. I'm not satisfied. I don't think I have done good. I should repeat all my salahs. Things like that. Inna Allah yuhibbu an tu'ta aza'imuhu kama yuhibbu an tu'ta rukhasuhu. That Allah loves to give we commands which are... take his rukhsas. He loves us when we take his rukhsas as when he take his commands. Yeah. Azaim. This is Allah's command. Actually, if you see, what is ibadah? What is the meaning of ibadah? To worship and worship and obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If He tells you, stand up, you should stand up. And if you are unable to stand up, He tells you, sit down. What will you do? You will sit. You will not say, oh, because you told me in the beginning, sit, stand up, so why should I sit now? No. That was fulfilling Allah's command and now again you are fulfilling Allah's command. So the ruh or the gist of ibadah is obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That what He told you in a certain situation to do, do it. If He tells you eat, you should eat. If He tells you stop eating, stop eating. If He tells you now eat again, you should eat. This is ibadah. For example, when we go for hajj, We go round and round. We say, okay, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said seven, but I have more energy, I can do eight times. No. Stop where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants you to stop. And at Maghrib we leave Arafat. Yes. That's very strange. As the azan goes on and people, instead of reading namaz, salat, they leave Arafat. And they go to Muzdalifa and then they pray there. Sometimes it's very, very late because there's so many people And you are so tired. It was very easy to pray in Arafat and then leave. But no, we have to go there and then pray. So doing what Allah wants us to do is the best of worship, is ibadah. So ask yourself in each condition or in each situation, at this particular time, what Allah wants me to do? And I will do. Whether it's against my wish, whatever. There is a book, Power of Now. Live in Present. Live in now. Because many people, they are regretful about their past or they keep thinking about their future and then they don't concentrate on the present. At this very moment, what I am supposed to do? I should do that. Forget about future. Allah knows the best. How things change. How circumstances change. 
you don't know about your own self your parents your family and everything no matter how much you plan but it's all in allah's hand so don't worry much about your future so if you are sick and you are supposed to pray and you have to do tayammum do it wholeheartedly as if you are doing wudu even though it's just opposite totally opposite of wudu wudu washes away your dust and in tayammum you put on dust what i mean is that you are using the dust then in wudu you are removing the dust and you are using the dust it's just totally opposite but this time allah wants me to do this sometimes we are doing certain things and we keep thinking about other thing if you are cooking oh i have to pray when pray oh i have to cook we are not in cooking we are not in praying shaitan he loves puts us in worry all the time worried 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 angry sad worried we cannot produce the best of quality in anything so enjoy what you are doing and think feel this is for my rab oh allah this is for you i am doing this certain thing for example if now if you are in your class here so what are you thinking hmm what is worrying you for example nothing it cannot be possible You see, I wanted to go as well, but I had some promises, meetings, this and that. Then I thought, why should I go? Janaza is not hard on me, on women. Then the other thought came to my mind. Okay, maybe his wife will say she is here in Canada and she did not come. Hmm? Then I told myself, then I should definitely not go. because this is not for the sake of allah subhanahu wa taala hmm? this all was going inside me then i thought that uh, what is his right upon me what did i do for him when he was sick i visited him i went to the hospital normally i don't visit men and i don't visit sick people in uh, non mahrams but uh, because my son in law was with me and i knew that he is the best friend of my husband and my husband would uh, also allow me so i went and sat with him he was so happy at that day and uh, alhamdulillah i made dua for him the moment i heard about his death we started saying good things about him and then we three of us were sitting and then i said that these our angels are writing all this what we are saying in favor of him hmm? inshallah how good he was and then after that i heard the azan and i made lot of dua for him and um, whenever his thought came into my mind i made dua for him so this is between me and allah i was not going to share it with you but just when these things bother me what should i do now because it happens most of the time when it snatches away the quality of our work even huh? we are here and we are not doing the justice and we are there and we are not doing the justice there even so we can be on one place at a time then i thought because i had the experience of previous janaza sometime the parking is so far that person like me if i am dropped off too far i would not be able to go inside and if there is no chair i cannot sit i cannot stand for long so analyzing all this situation i thought it's better to go to his house for condolences than going to masjid then i thought Okay, my old memories are with this masjid, and I should at least this bahane I can go there and uh, visit, and I might see other people as well. Many thoughts came into my mind. 
then I said that this work I am doing is now my duty I have to do my duty duty comes first that is also duty but that can be done another time if I was a man I should have gone because that is his right so it's just I'm not telling you but I'm telling myself that how do I decide things and once I decide then I stick to it and I'm peaceful and I have no nothing in my mind then I do what I am doing full heartedly right so why you are coming back inshallah alhamdulillah yes for me i have to pick up my son for salah and like um, i am not thinking about it i just get up when i have to get up yes i call it when i have to leave be the at home one and then bring for salah again so that's the transaction i miss for three twenty minutes but i do make sure that i listen on recording what you can do is buy some plan on the phone Uh, like uh, internet plan download puffin puffin which is a browser with flash you can click to the parathashmi.com live i think or alhuda live i don't know which through you relay this class for example even if you are on your go you can put on keep listening your lecture alhamdulillah Yeah, don't miss because it's hard to get that recording and then listen to it. There, Alhamdulillah, you live in such a place that there are many things are available. But we should know how to benefit and how to use our time because when the time is gone, it's after time we cannot do things in a proper way because our mood is now changed. Hmm. Check your niya all the time, and the method you are doing it. And we do so many things and so many thoughts troubling you and making you feel bad and making you miserable. Check your niya. Why are you so worried? If it is for the sake of Allah, you are stopping something or you are doing something, Allah will take care of it. Don't worry. In Tansurullah, I am sorry. I have been taught. This is very true, and uh, but keep checking yourself, keep doing muhasab of your nafs and self, and seek Allah's help when you you feel you are not able to do certain things. Leave it to Allah then, and Allah will help. As long as anything is for Allah, there is a barakah, and if it is not for Allah for Shaitan, there is no barakah in it. This dua was very helpful for me, sleeping at night, saying Allahumma aslam tu nafsi ilai. ووجهت وجهي إليك وفضت أمري إليك وألجأت ظهري إليك رغبة ورغبة إليك لا ملجأ ولا منجا منك إلا إليك آمنت بكتابك الذي أنزلته وبنبيك الذي أرسلته Everything is in Allah's hand When it's difficult for me to make decision I leave it to Allah Oh Allah make it for me Take me wherever is khair So Alhamdulillah I read it during the day sometimes because um, sometimes you have to make quick decision enjoy what you are doing just keeping your niya straight if i am waiting i am in the way of allah why should i be in a problem i may have shared this story with you that i got my blood tests i cancelled my carrier seat because the doctor gave me time for later day i was booked earlier and then i cancelled because i did not want to cancel my appointment with doctor england So what happened that uh, the time I reached the surgery, they looked at the computer. They said your appointment is cancelled. I go how? What? And from inside, I was angry, kind of. That how come? And uh, but I told myself, now you are standing in front of non-Muslims. This is your test, and uh, now let's see what you do. So I thought, uh, okay, but I said, how is it possible? please check then um, she called here and there nobody knew why how it happened and i thought isme bhi khair hai there is some good in it there is some good in it allah will give me a better doctor i asked her give me my results they do not give to the patient those results she said i have to check with the md this and that then i'll give you okay but no i have to go to the doctor my seat is booked for canada i cannot wait I cannot have another appointment. They said they will give you another appointment. I said no, I cannot come back and I cannot cancel my seat another time. 
so give me results so she printed the results and she gave it to me and when i came out i said okay there is some time in between let's go to alhuda i went to alhuda there was a kids program going on i sat with them i enjoyed a lot and i came to know the talents of those people who were conducting this program and that was a new inkishaf for me i was sitting and there was a, a non muslim girl came very young and uh, so somebody told me that she wants to become muslim they asked her to come this time that time she couldn't manage and she said later on that something came in my heart and i said no today i have to go today i have to go she reached after one and a half hour journey she was in she said i tried this and tried it didn't work but i thought no i have to go today she came we called her in front of the kids and everybody and she said shahada alhamdulillah on my hand and uh, alhamdulillah then later on we had tea with her and spoke at length so i said this was the reason allah wanted me to do this good you can find a doctor anywhere else but you cannot find this beautiful opportunity to muslim help someone so alhamdulillah uh, when you are calm when you trust allah allah makes things easy for you and brings khair always be positive instantly start reading allah wallahu rabbi la ushriku bi shay'a and another thing allahumma ajirni fi musibati wa akhlif li khairan minha this story continues i went to the doctor and doctor was so happy she said i was telling my husband this morning that i have no spark in my life what should i do and subhanallah you came and i'm so excited and so she hugged me and said and then next day she came to the class and she brought me a gift so <laughs> alhamdulillah you see that you make other people happy because if this appointment would not have cancelled i would not have gone to the doctor and i would not have given her happiness because idkhalu sururi fi qalbil mu'min is the biggest of khair and then she would not have attended the class because she didn't know that whether i'm here or not she attended the class and then she brought me gift which i needed most subhanallah i mean you don't know that by depriving you from something how many doors allah will open for you if you trust allah just be patient because i was not feeling well i desperately needed doctor's consultation but it was not in her hand it was somebody else maybe if i would have gone inside she would have given me wrong prescription or wrong suggestion or allah wanted to save me from that person because we pray to allah in the morning bismillah alladhi la yadurru So think positively. If even things are going against you, don't worry. Allah is with you. Inna Allah ma'aladina taqaw waladina hum muhsinun. Try to do ihsan all the time, and Allah will do good for you. Okay. Do good with people. Allah will do good with you. Salam alaykum. The hadith that she mentioned was. That the Prophet ﷺ said, Allah loves that His allowances be acted upon just as He loves that His prescribed duties be carried out. So when Allah has given an allowance, He loves that it is accepted, it is observed just as He loves that the prescribed duties, the rest of the commands that He has given are also accepted and followed upon. So when we are taking an allowance, we should not feel guilty. And in other matters as well, when we have to go for plan B, then don't feel sorry for yourself. Right? If plan A doesn't work out and we have to take plan B, we have to go for the other option, then don't pity yourself. Realize that it's good for you. Be positive towards it. That it's so necessary to know about these things, about the allowances, because otherwise your life would be in a lot of difficulty. That we see that dust is, you can say, the source of growth. Allah created us from dust and water also. وَخَلَقْنَا مِنَ الْمَاءِ كُلَّ شَيْءٍ حَيٍّ It's not just the appearance of something or the quantity of something that matters, it's the quality as well. So, باب إِذَا خَافَ الْجُنُبُ عَلَى نَفْسِهِ الْمَرَضَ أَوِ الْمَوْتَ أَوْ خَافَ الْعَطَشَ تَيَمَّمَ In these situations, he will do tayammum. And remember that this has to be a serious situation. 
Meaning just because a person does not want to use water because he feels he will get cold or because the air conditioning is really high so he feels that he's going to get cold. No, not in that situation. In that situation he can or she can warm up the water and use a hair dryer right away or, or adopt whatever means possible to ensure that sickness will not occur, thirst will not occur, death will not occur. And if the situation is beyond your control, then obviously you will do tayammum. So the first option is definitely what? Ghusl. But where that is not an option for you, it will cause you severe difficulty. Then in that situation, obviously, the option of tayammum is there. And also remember that sometimes we think that taking a bath means standing under the running water and standing under it for several minutes, soaking our hair wet completely. That is ghusl. But we have learned earlier about the method of ghusl. So in such a situation, a person can also perform the bare minimum ghusl. Right? Which is, for example, when it comes to washing the head, what do you have to do? Pass wet fingers through your hair to ensure that the scalp is thoroughly wet. And you can actually do that standing in front of the sink as well. You don't have to stand under running water. Right? And then you just take three handfuls of water and pour over your head. So in this situation, you can do ghusl. Alright, so you have to really analyze the situation and see what is feasible, what is possible. Where ghusl is not possible at all, over there a person will do tayammum. حدثنا بشر بن خالد قال حدثنا محمد هو غندق عن شعبة عن سليمان عن أبي وائل قال قال أبو موسى لعبد الله بن مسعود أبو موسى الأشعري he said to Abdullah bin Mas'ud that إذا لم يجد الماء when a person does not find water لا يصلي he will not pray. قال عبد الله عبد الله he said لو رخصت لهم في هذا if I were to allow them if I were to give them a رخصه if I were to give them an allowance concerning this matter meaning that where you don't find water then do tayammum then what will people do كان he would be إذا وجد أحدهم البرد when one of them would find cold meaning he'd be really cold قال هكذا he would say this يعني Tayammama wa Meaning he would also do tayammum in that situation and pray. Qala, he said, meaning Abu Musa al-Ashari, he said, Qultu, I said, fa'ayna. So how about qawlu Ammar, the statement of Ammar radhiallahu anhu, li'umara, to Umar. Qala, he replied, inni lam ara Umara. I do not see that Umar qani'a bi qawli Ammar, that he was satisfied with the statement of Ammar. Now what do we learn over here? That the companions, they differed among themselves. Right? Abu Musa Ashari, he asked Abdullah bin Mas'ud that if a person does not find water, then he will not pray? Is that what you say? Because Umar anhu and Abdullah bin Mas'ud anhu, both of them, both of these companions were of the opinion that the Jinnah person cannot do tayammum. That the Jinnah person cannot do tayammum, he has to do ghusl. So if he does not find water, he will not pray until he finds water. Or until he is able to use it. When he will find water, when he is able to use it, then he will take a bath and then he will start praying. And he will make up all of the missed prayers. But the other companions differed. Why? Because the statement in the Qur'an is very clear. Right? And also in the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ, we see many evidences which prove that a Jinnah person can perform tayammum where necessary. But what was the reasoning of Ibn Mas'ud what was the reason that he gave? He said that if we would allow people to do tayammum in the case of Janaba, then what would they do? They would take this matter very lightly. And they would generalize it. And in any situation where they would feel slightly cold or slightly uncomfortable, what would they do? They would not do ghusl, rather they would do tayammum. So this is the reason why he did not allow people to do tayammum in the case of Janaba. Because he had this fear that people would generalize it. So Abu Musa, what did he say? That what about the statement of Ammar? Remember the, the incident where Ammar radiallahu anhu, when he was traveling, he, he was in Janaba, he had to do ghusl, he didn't have water, so what did he do? He rolled over in mud. And when he mentioned this to the Prophet ﷺ, he said, you should just have done tayammum. That would be enough for you. Right? So the fact that the Prophet ﷺ told him to do tayammum and that that would be sufficient, that proves that a Jinnah person can do so Ibn Mas'ud, he said that, I didn't see that Umar was satisfied with the statement of Ammar. Meaning Ammar reminded him of that incident. Remember in the hadith that we learned earlier, he said to Umar, do you remember that incident? Tadkuru, that word was mentioned, do you remember? 
But Umar anhu he did not seem to be satisfied with this statement. This is reported in Sahih Muslim, in which we learn that a man came to Umar anhu and said, I have become junub and I cannot find any water. He said, do not pray. Umar said, do you not remember, O Amir al-Mu'mineen, that when you and I were on a campaign and we became junub and we could not find any water? You did not pray, but I rolled in the dust and prayed. And the Prophet ﷺ said, it would have been sufficient if you had struck the ground with your hands and then wiped your face and hands with them. Umar said, fear Allah, O Ammar. Why did he say that? Perhaps he could not recall that. Perhaps he did not remember that incident. It's possible. He was a human being. He could also forget. So he said, fear Allah, O Ammar. So Ammar replied, if you wish, I will not narrate it. If you want, then I will not narrate this incident. Meaning, you don't remember, you're contradicting me on this. So if you don't want me to mention, I will not mention this. Umar said, we accept what you say. Meaning, I accept what you say. He was not accusing him of lying. And in another report, it has mentioned that Umar said, O Amir al-Mu'mineen, if you wish, because of your position, I will not tell it to anyone. Meaning, Umar did not remember. But at the same time, he did not want to accuse Umar of lying. But then it would appear to be so strange to the people that the companions are contradicting one another and here is Amir al-Mu'mineen and who would oppose him. So this is the reason why Ammar anhu he suggested that he would not narrate but Ammar anhu said that I accept what you say. I accept what you say. But because of his statement fear Allah Ibn Mas'ud said I did not see him satisfied with it. So this is the reason why I will not accept it. But Ammar anhu it seems that he did accept because he said we accept what you say. So anyway, this difference did exist within the companions. And it continued later on. But based on the rest of the hadith, like the incident that we learned earlier about Umar anhu and the verse in the Qur'an, all of these evidences together, what do they show? That where there is a need, a serious need, a person cannot find water or he fears that he will die, he will become sick, then in that situation he will do tayammum. حدثنا عمر بن حفص قال حدثنا أبي قال حدثنا الأعمش قال سمعت شقيق بن سلمة قال كنت عند عبد الله وأبي موسى He said I was near Abdullah bin Mas'ud and near Abu Musa فقال له أبو موسى أبو موسى ستو ابن مسعود أرأيت يا أبا عبد الرحمن Have you not considered O Abdul Rahman tell me إذا أجنب فلم يجد ماء If a person becomes junub and he does not find water كيف يصنع What will he do then you say that a junub cannot do tayammum. If a person does not find water, then what will he do? فَقَالَ عَبْدُ اللَّهِ عَبْدُ اللَّهِ said, لَا يُصَلِّي He will not pray حَتَّى يَجِدَ الْمَاءِ Until he will find water. فَقَالَ أَبُو مُوسَى So Abu Musa said, فَكَيْفَ تَصْنَعُ Then how do you deal with بِقَوْلِ عمار With the statement of Ammar. حِينَ قَالَ When he said, لَهُ to him النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمُ When the Messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم said to him, كَانَ يَكْفِيكَ This will be sufficient for you. So Ibn Mas'ud, قال, he said, he responded, Alam tara Umara, did you not see that Umar, lam yaqna' bidalik, he was not satisfied with that? Fakala Abu Musa, so Abu Musa Ash'ari, he said, okay, fada'na, then we leave, min qawli Umar, the statement of Umar. Okay, even if we put that aside, kayfa tasna'u bihadihi al-ayah? Then how do you deal with this ayah? Which ayah? The ayah of tayammum, in which we learn, that awlamastumun nisa'a, and that indicates janaba. وَلَمْ تَجِدُوا مَاءً فَتَيَمَّمُوا So he said, كَيْفَ تَصْنَعُ بِهَذِهِ الْآيَةِ Then how do you respond to this verse? فَمَا دَرَى So he did not know who? Abdullah مَا يَقُولُ He did not know what to say over there. فَقَالَ So he said, But إِنَّا Indeed we لَوْ رَخَصْنَا لَهُمْ فِي هَذَا If we give people the allowance over here لَأَوْشَكَ Then surely he would be very quick. He would be very quick إِذَا بَرَدَ عَلَىٰ أَحَدِهِمُ الْمَاءِ When the water would be cold for one of them and يَدَعَهُ That he would leave it وَيَتَيَمَّمْ And then he would do tayammum. فَقُلْتُ لِشَقِيقٍ So I said to شَقِيق فَإِنَّمَا كَرِهَ عَبْدُ اللَّهِ لِهَذَا So Abdullah disliked it for this reason. قَالَ نَعَمْ He said yes. Meaning he asked that did Abdullah bin Mas'ud dislike people doing tayammum in Janaba because of this reason? Meaning it wasn't that he did not accept the verse. Obviously, that's not possible for a companion. He would definitely accept. But the reason why he did not allow people, meaning if somebody would come and ask him, then he would not say, okay, do time, um, and pray. Why? Because people would misunderstand 
and they would generalize this allowance. And if a person found water to be cold and slightly uncomfortable, they would be too quick to leave it and do tayammum instead. Because this is what the nafs is inclined to. The nafs is always inclined to what? Ease and convenience. We're always looking for loopholes, an easy way out. So the nafs is generally inclined towards this. And remember that at that time, many people were embracing Islam and the level of knowledge of every individual at that time was not that great. So this is the reason why he did not allow people to do tayammum in this situation. But if a person has the correct understanding and knowledge, and depending on his knowledge, he feels that in a situation tayammum is better, then he will do that. Like that companion, based on one ayah, according to his understanding, he said tayammum is better here. So he did tayammum. Then when we read this bab, then you know sometimes we think that, but what if it's not really that difficult for you? You just have a slight cold, you've had it for a week, and now you're much better, but you just want to take benefit. That why why bother to shower? Why not just simply do tayammum? So the nafs is inclining towards ease, always. So a person must understand correctly that this is not the solution. I mean, tayammum is not solution to every time a person finds water difficult to use. No, only in certain situations. So you have to analyze correctly. Bab at-tayammumu darbatun. Tayammum is done by striking the earth. How many times? Darbatun. Darba is a strike, but how many? Once. So darbatun, one strike. Darbatain would be two strikes. So darbatun, one strike. Haddathana Muhammad ibn Salamin qala akhbarana Abu Mu'awiyata an al-a'mashi an shaqiqin qala he said, kuntu jalisan, I was sitting ma'a abdillahi with Abdullah and this is Abdullah bin Mas'ud wa Abi Musa al-ash'arihi. Both of these companions, I was sitting with them. فَقَالَ لَهُ أَبُو مُوسَى أَبُو مُوسَى said to him, meaning Ibn Mas'ud, لَوْ أَنَّ رَجُلًا أَجْنَبَ If a person was to become junub, فَلَمْ يَجْدِ الْمَاءَ شَهْرًا And if he did not find water for an entire month, أَمَا كَانَ يَتَيَمَّمُ وَيُصَلِّي Would he not do taymum and pray? فَكَيْفَ تَصْنَعُونَ بِهَذِهِ الْآيَةِ Then how do you do with this verse in في سورة المائدة, in سورة المائدة? فَلَمْ تَجِدُوا مَاءً That way you do not find water that you do tayammum with Sa'id Tayyib. فَقَالَ عَبْدُ اللَّهِ سَعْبْدُ اللَّهِ سَدْ لَوْ رُخِّصَ لَهُمْ فِي هَذَا If this allowance was given to them in this case, لَأَوْشَكُوا They would be very quick. إِذَا بَرَدَ عَلَيْهِمُ الْمَاءِ When the water would be too cold for them, and يَتَيَمَّمُ السَّعِيدِ That they would do tayammum. You know, sometimes it happens that you go into the shower and the water is not super hot. It's not super hot, you can say room temperature. But because we're, we don't find that water too comfortable, we might say, oh, I'm not going to do ghusl, I'm just going to do tayammum. So this was the same reason of Abdullah bin Mas'ud, that people would be too quick to rush to tayammum and leave ghusl. Think about it, if you had messy hair, and you really wanted to shower, to be clean, even if the water was not super hot, what would you do? You would still take a shower, isn't it? Even if that means jumping in the shower, or taking a very quick shower, or using the minimum amount of water, you would do something to clean yourself, won't you? You would. But in a situation where ghusl is mandatory, then shaitan makes you feel, well, leave it, it's okay, just do tayammum. That option is there. So, Ibn Mas'ud said that, لَوْ رُخِصَ لَهُمْ فِي هَذَا لَأَوْشَكُوا إِذَا بَرَدَ عَلَيْهِمُ الْمَاءُ أَنْ يَتَيَمَّمُ السَّعِيدِ قُلْتُ وَإِنَّمَا كَرِهْتُمْ هَذَا لِذَا so I said that you dislike this for this reason? قَالَ نَعَمْ He said, yes, this is the reason why. فَقَالَ أَبُو مُوسَى So Abu Musa, he said, أَلَمْ تَسْمَعْ Did you not hear قَوْلَ عَمَّارٍ The statement of Ammar, لِعُمَرَ That بَعَثَنِي رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ فِي حَاجَةٍ That the Messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم sent me for a need, فَأَجْنَبْتُ And I became junub. فَلَمْ أَجِدِ الْمَا I did not find water. فَتَمَرَّغْتُ فِي الصَّعِيدِ I rolled over in dust. كَمَا تَمَرَّغُ الدَّابَّةِ Like an animal rolls over. فَذَكَرْتُ ذَلِكَ لِلنَّبِيِّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وسلم. I mentioned this to the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم. فَقَالَ He said, إِنَّمَا كَانَ يَكْفِيكَ أَن تَصْنَعَ هَكَذَا it would have been sufficient for you that you would do this. Do what? فَضَرَبَ بِكَفِّهِ So he struck with his hands ضَرْبَةً One strike على الأرض On the earth. Meaning on the ground, he struck his hands how many times? Just once. ثُمَّ نَفَضَهَا Then he dispersed it. نَفَضَ also means to disperse. Meaning he dispersed the dust from his hands. How? By blowing. Because nafada literally means to shake your hands off. When you shake, then what happens? Whatever is on your hands will, like for example water, what will happen? It will disperse. 
So nafadaha, he dispersed the dust that was in his hands, how? By blowing them. Summa masahabiha, then he wiped with those hands, kaffihi, his hand, bishimalihi, with his left. Meaning he wiped his hand with his left hand. Meaning his right hand, he wiped it with which hand? Left hand. Or the back of his left hand with his other hand, meaning with his right hand. So basically he, what did he do? He rubbed his hands together. He wiped one hand over the other. And then he wiped with both of them his face. Now over here we see that the order is different. But in majority of the narrations and even in the verse of the Quran, what do we learn? That face first and then the hands. But if out of forgetfulness, if a person does make this mistake, he switches the order, then there's no haraj over there. ثُمَّ مَسَحَ بِهِمَا وَجْهَهُ فَقَالَ عَبْدُ اللَّهِ So Abdullah said, أَفَلَمْ تَرَى Did you not see Umar that لَمْ يَقْنَعْ بِقَوْلِ عُمَّارِ He was not satisfied with the statement of Umar. وَزَادَ يَعْلَى عَنِ الْأَعْمَشْ عَنْ شَقِيقٍ كُنْتُ مَعَ عَبْدِ اللَّهِ وَأَبِي مُوسَى فَقَالَ أَبُ مُوسَى أَلَمْ تَسْمَعْ قَوْلَ عُمَّارٍ لِعُمَرَ إِنَّ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ بَعَثَنِي أَنَا وَأَنْتَ فَأَجْنَبْتُ فَتَمَعَكْتُ بِالصَّعِيدِ فَأَتَيْنَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ فَأَخْبَرْنَاهُ فَقَالَ إِنَّمَا كَانَ يَكْفِيكَ هَكَذَا وَمَسَحَ وَجْهُ وَكَفَّيْهِ وَاحِدَةً So the story is the same, the narration is the same, just slightly different words, but alhamdulillah you understand. So in both of these narrations that are mentioned here, what do we learn? That the Prophet ﷺ, when he showed to Umar how to do taymum, what did he do? He struck his hands just once. Okay, he struck his hands just once and that is sufficient. Obviously when you will make sure that the back of the hand is rubbed, then the front is rubbing at the same time. Do you see what I mean? Like the front of the hand, the palm of the right hand you use to rub over the back of the left hand. So both of them are being rubbed at the same time in a way. I mean, is this the question? Do you have to do this? Do you have to rub your palms together? Yeah, you can also do like this and you can also do like this. This is a lesson that we learn. That if you feel that a person is not ready to accept certain things, to understand certain things, then you don't mention it to them. Why? Because it will cause them fitna in their deen and their ibadah. For example, there are different qiraat. For some of you, this is too early to even hear about these things. But inshallah, because you're doing ta'lim al-Qur'an, very soon you will learn about it in detail. So there are different qiraat, different ways of reciting the Qur'an. In some places, even the words are, Slightly different. And when the words are slightly different, then what will happen? The meaning will change. But all of these different ways of narrations are taken from who? From the Prophet ﷺ, right? All of these chains go back to him. So what does it mean that all of them are valid? Now if you were to tell this to someone who doesn't have much understanding of the deen, much knowledge of the deen, their iman is not that strong, what will they say? This is contradiction and you say Qur'an is one, there are different Qur'ans. This will cause them fitna in their iman. So you have to see what level the person is at and tell them accordingly. But this does not mean that we make difficulty for the people. Because it seems that the opinion of Abdullah bin Mas'ud was that he would always say no. But this can actually cause difficulty for people in certain situations. So there has to be a balance. Which is why if somebody were to come and ask you, then what's the best way? That you find out more about their situation. You find out more about their situation. You ask them. Or you refer them to something from where they can learn about the matter in more detail. That will actually grow them in their understanding. So just to save people from certain things doesn't mean that we make difficulty for them. Because the Prophet ﷺ also said, Yassiru. Make ease. Which is why we see that so many companions opposed them in their opinion. That he was very firm on following everything that the Prophet said. He said, no, he said that you should allow them to go. So we know that he was very firm in everything that the Prophet did. But here it seems like he might be using his wisdom in the way he's Yeah, his wisdom and understanding. And, and remember that the companions also did not know of every single incident that had happened in the lives of other companions. These incidents, they were narrated and then they were collected later on. Alright? So, if you think about it constantly, in all of these narrations, which evidence is being presented? The narration of Umar anhu. And they did not find that 100% reliable because Umar anhu did not remember it. He could not recall it. But just because he could not recall it doesn't mean it wasn't accurate. 
but that was the only report but we see that the incident of other companions uh, was also mentioned and also another incident earlier we learned about that story in which that man was junub and he did not pray and the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam asked him why did you not pray he said i was junub he said you should have just done tayammum that would have been sufficient for you so there were several incidents but remember just because something happened at that time doesn't mean that every single companion knew about it so we give them the benefit of the doubt we cannot say that oh look at them they're clearly opposing the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam or the verse in the quran no you give them the benefit of the doubt they were also human beings but now when all of these different narrations are collected and from that what do we learn that for a junub it is allowed to do tayammum but obviously in a situation where it is a necessity باب حدثنا عبدان قال اخبرنا عبد الله قال اخبرنا عوف عن ابي رجاء قال حدثنا عمران بن حسين الخزاعي ان رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم the messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم راى رجلا he saw a man معتزلا who was apart away from who from the rest of the people from the صفوف لم يصلي he did not pray في القوم in the in the people meaning he did not pray with the rest of the people فقال so the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said to him يا فلان او so and so ما منعك ان تصلي في القوم What stopped you from praying with the rest of the people? فَقَالَ يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ So he said, O Messenger of Allah, أَصَابَتْنِي جَنَابَةٌ وَلَا مَا I was in the state of Janaba and there was no water. قَالَ He said, عَلَيْكَ بِالصَّعِيدِ فَإِنَّهُ يَكْفِيكَ Then use Sa'id, that is enough for you. That is sufficient for you. And we learned that later on when that woman, her water came, and the Prophet ﷺ gave this man water and told him, wash yourself with it, meaning go and do غُسُ And this is the end of kitab at-tayammum if you think about it this bab has not been given any heading there is no chapter title why because this is a subsection of the previous this is related to the previous abwab that are mentioned if you link it directly with the previous one that tayammum is darbatun once only so in this hadith we see that the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam just told that man alayka bisaid fa innahu yakfi he did not specify how many times he was supposed to pat his hands So when the number was not specified what's the bare minimum once so that means that is sufficient that is enough and if you link it with the previous bab with the bab before that then this here is another evidence which proves that a junu person can do tayammum where he does not find water so this also proves just one more thing i wanted to share with you which was the wisdom behind tayammum on face and hands and why not on the rest of the body Because Umar anhu, what did he do? In the state of Janaba, he rolled over. For wudu, what do you do? You just wipe over your hands and face. You don't wipe over the rest of the parts that you wash in wudu. Ibn Qayyim, rahimahullah, he said, the reason why tayammum is only done on two parts of the body, meaning the face and the hands, is that this is quite appropriate, based on analogy and common sense. If you think of qiyas, analogy and common sense, this is very appropriate. For placing dust on the head is something that is ordinarily disliked. Rather, it is customarily done at times of disaster and calamity. And the feet are usually in contact with the dust anyway. But putting dust in the face is an action of humility and veneration of Allah, submission to Him and humbling oneself before Allah, which is one of the most beloved of acts of worship to Him and one of the most beneficial to the person himself. Hence, he said, it is mustahab for the one who is prostrating to get dust on his face for the sake of Allah and not to protect his face from getting dusty. You know, because sometimes if you're praying outside and there's sand or something, then what do we do? We put a handkerchief or even a piece, you know, a Kleenex or something that we can find to make sure that our face is 100% clean, right? Or if we're doing sajda on grass, then we will not put our head firmly on the ground. He said that it is mustahab. Why? because it shows humility one of the sahaba saw a man prostrating and putting something between his face and the dust and he said to him get your face dusty this meaning does not apply in the case of getting the feet dusty so basically he said get your face dusty meaning there's no harm moreover this is appropriate by analogy in another sense which is that tayammum applies to the parts of the body which are washed during wudu but not to the parts which are merely wiped for the feet may be wiped when one is wearing socks and the head may be wiped when one is wearing a turban since the parts which are usually washed are reduced to wiping 
in the case of tayammum, the parts which are wiped are reduced to nothing. Okay? By analogy, if you look at it, this is an allowance, right? So it has been reduced. So what is washed is wiped. You know, where there's an option of not washing something like the head and the feet, then that's reduced to nothing. You don't wipe over it at all. Because if we were to wipe the latter with dust, then that would not be a reduction at all. If you had to wipe your feet, or if you had to wipe your head with dust, would that be a reduction? Would that be an allowance? No. Because you can technically wipe over your head and feet even in wudu. That you're doing with wet hands. Here you're doing with dusty hands. So what's the difference then? The allowance is what? When it is reduced to nothing. Rather, instead of wiping them with the water, we would just be wiping them with dust. Thus, it becomes clear that what Sharia tells us is the most fair and the most perfect. And he says that the tayammum of the one who is in a state of junub, who is in the state of junaba, is like the tayammum of the one who is in a state of, of minor impurity. If the one who is in a state of minor impurity is spared the obligation of wiping the head and feet with dust, then it is more appropriate that the one who is in a state of major impurity should be spared the obligation of rubbing his whole body with dust. So the one who has to do tayammum, he is allowed to not wipe his arms and head and feet. So the one who has to take a bath, then he has to be given allowance as well. So he is more deserving of that allowance. Because that would involve a great deal of hardship. What would? Rubbing the entire body with dust. And it goes against the idea of tayammum being a dispensation, being an allowance. So how would that be an allowance? It would be more difficult. Tayammum is supposed to create ease. And if we had to find dust to bathe ourselves with dust, that would be even more difficult. Think about it. How would a woman do it? Especially if she's out somewhere. How would she do it? And you, you see that tayammum you can do with any kind of dust, right? Even the dust which is on the wall or on the windowsill. You can do it with that. But how would you find so much dust with which you would rub all of your body? And this rukhsa is given when a person is traveling, when a person is sick. And for that, you don't even have to take your hijab off. But if a person is sick, it's so difficult for them to even change their clothes. Then how would they bathe their body with dust? How could they rub dust all over their body? That would not be an allowance at all. That would be hardship. It would also reduce the one who is the noblest of Allah's creation to becoming like the animals who rub their bodies in the dust. So that which was brought by the sharia cannot be superseded in wisdom and fairness and to Allah be praise. So here we see the wisdom behind the manner of tayammum. That how it is an allowance and how it makes complete sense. How it is so befitting and appropriate. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika nashadu wa la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته